Hey everyone, Becky from The Shift Team here, and we're back with a new mini episode to help everyone with some quick lessons to get great ideas and tools for gymnastics. The story behind Gymnastics Alliance. In this week's mini podcast episode, Dave is joined by Gymnastics Alliance founder, Jennifer Pinches, and her co-founder for Gymnastics for Change, Claire Hedford. They discuss the harsh reality of gymnastics culture change, including the impact of athlete A and how we can move forward. I think that um, for those people that still believe you need to be super tiny and train all the time and um, and that's what success is and that's what success looks like, like really they need to change their definition of success because if they think successful is, okay, but look at this one gymnast there, like look at all the medals they have and look at all the skills they can do and it works for them and and they're ignoring that other 99% of gymnasts that don't make it that far, that are injured, that quit because they hate it, that have long-term damage, um, then that's not successful. Like you can't look at one person and be like, that individual is successful for this country, therefore this country is successful. Like no, like take a step back, like get some perspective that is not successful and that's like really important and it makes me really angry because, um, you know, I thought, that I peaked at 16 and when I went to the Olympics at 18 I was already kind of on the way down because I was getting old and like you know old and puty and heavier and and, and whatever and and I had to train all the time and work harder and and if only the Olympics had been like two years earlier or whatever like and that's so annoying because like why didn't I have the opportunity to think that I could keep getting better and stronger and I didn't have to just try and stay this like tiny teenager to be successful like I could have done so much better I could have been so much happier I could have been so much healthier so much more successful like um so it makes me personally annoyed and it also um and this is something uh, Claire said to me and other people have said to me before it also doesn't even fit the description of the sport of women's artistic gymnastics because really it's girls artistic gymnastics you know and if we want women to be athletes doing this sport like we need to uh, have healthy methods that actually foster um, women to be able to you know that in a mentally and physically healthy way yeah, this is a, a big bugbear for me for sure um is the idea that because of Nadia Comaneci, because of Olga Corbett, we have a sport which is focused on aesthetics. I want to see gymnastics become a sport that's focused on aptitude, not aesthetics. It's not a beauty parlor, it's sport. And the fact that we're still having this conversation in 2020 is just demeaning. And it shows the amount of misogyny that is woven into the fabric of what gymnastics is. And that has to just end. Um, this is a women in sport issue, and we really, really need to deal with uh, what exactly is gymnastics? What is its purpose? Why do the men have to do one set of um, events and the women do another set of events? Um, from a gender point of view, the, the sport has just not kept up with society. And, um, yeah, I think, that, I think that's just very retrograde, basically. Um, and partly, I think, when you look at the administrators of the sport in so many ways, um, they are very behind the times. And I guess Russia becomes quite a big problem in that, in that uh, my understanding is there are a, a large number of uh, officials at FIG who come from the Russian system, and we kind of know where Russia's at in terms of um, kind of gender politics and um, sexual politics now. And so... I'm not really sure what the answer is going to be, but essentially there is a culture war that 
could now take place within gymnastics because it's so out of step with modern society. Yeah. Ultimately, maybe we just all need to collaborate more. Like if it's the case that one gym can't get, you know, a, a, an expert in every area, then can't we have regional networks of experts that people can, you know, collaborate between? If, if collaboration, we know that collaboration and teamwork is so important to all sports and it's so important between the gymnast and the coach. Like why can't we just carry that out through to dance and strength and um, medical support and because it's not realistic that every single club's going to have their own individual experts for every single one of these areas but um, it is far more realistic that we can share these ideas and that we can share the resources and that we can share like again like the education uh, is the the most important thing that's going to affect the end result so if we can just put it out there (laughs) It doesn't like maybe it's not as complicated as we're making it out to be. Maybe we just need to talk more. I can, yeah, I can no, share some experiences from the guy's side. I think, especially as a younger athlete growing up, when you know, I think one of the biggest things is we don't have the numbers to burn through that I think the women's side does, where we we only have so many guys and so many colleges that it's really hard to get you know a lot of people onto a, a high level stage. But growing up in clinics and stuff like that, like it was totally maybe it's because there's only a few of us like around like in each state or whatever, but like. It was completely like sharing knowledge. Hey, what do you, hey, you want to watch this guy? I'll watch on P bars. You come watch my guys. They need a fresh set of eyes. Like, I know I'm missing something here. It was always, rarely was it this like hidden secret cloak and dagger. I heard that term someone I was traveling. Like you have to know this person or it's standoffish or like very competitive that I'm not going to share my secrets because I don't want you to win and this and that. That is like the opposite in my experiences with the female side is like, not always. And I think it's changing now more, but like, especially when I was growing up my coaching career, it was very standoffish and it was very like, you had to know certain people and be buddy, buddy to learn this special technique. And you had to like, you know, win over this special coach to come to your gym and give a clinic. And it was, we all bowed down to you because you're so great. And it's like, it's baffling to me. Like when I was a young male coach, especially starting in in women's gymnastics, when I got to those clinics or stuff like that, and it was like a a rite of passage to know the right people and learn the special techniques. I was like, I was like, this is ridiculous. I was like, how is this like helpful for anyone to win? But also too, all you're doing is hurting the athlete. Why in the world would I hold back my knowledge if I knew it was going to help uh, somebody down the road or another gym because the rising tide lifts all boats, right? Like if you, if I help you and you help me, there's tons of stuff I don't know. And we're going to have more interactions and you can watch my, like, I just don't get that. I never understood that in the female side, like, especially as I ascended up to the consulting with some of the national teams and traveling around the world, it was like this weird, awkward, like dynamic and special coaching high form, high performance forms of like, you had to know the special people and have this like four passwords to get the right idea for how to teach a flick lay. I was like, dude, you guys are crazy right now. And then it became like middle school all over again. You go to like the bar after and like hang out with someone. And it's like this very clicky gossipy, like who knows who kind of thing. I was like, you guys suck. I'm not hanging out with any of you. This is a waste of my time. This is super boring. So. I think if there's a magic wand and I could just get everyone to see and be educated on the fact that that partnership actually works better and is more rewarding like for the individual coach and the individual athlete and more rewarding in terms of achieving success, like that would be the one thing. So it's no longer ever about um, telling them what to do and uh, that's the end of it and that's how it's always been done. It's always a continuous conversation, working things out together and also using the latest research and the latest science to constantly inform the next decision that's being made. Like it's that back and forth, 
collaboration, um, that would be the one thing. If everyone had that, then we could work out all the little other things that maybe the athlete doesn't feel good about this way or this thing that you said, or because you would be having the conversation. And a lot of times the conversation just isn't had in the first place. And, um, you know, maybe the coach thinks that they are doing the best thing for the gymnast and the gymnast just wants to please. So they think that they're happy, you know, there's, and the conversation could just, um, prevent a lot of hurt in the long run. So, um, yeah, yeah that's a, that's not a very clean answer, but <laughs> I think it was great. I think it was great. <laughs> Claire, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. I, I think that it's really important that we credit the athletes with the intelligence that they deserve. Um, it's about partnerships. And, and as Jen said before, collaboration is one simple way through that. Stop pitting clubs against each other. Stop expecting clubs to have all the knowledge within one one club um, and, and share the knowledge uh, around so that everybody can improve together. Um, so Gymnast for Change, as we heard earlier, so Claire behind the scenes has been doing so much stuff and she is um, been getting legal support uh, for Gymnast and she has been um, so resolute uh, an advocate for how gymnastics should be and the rights that athletes should have behind the scenes um, that following her work setting up um, a legal case to uh, fight for the rights and policies that we need to compensate gymnasts that have suffered and protect gymnasts in the future. Um, separate to that, but parallel to it, she set up um, Gymnasts for Change as a campaign to um, focus on the positive construction things that do need to happen and ask me to be involved. And I was so happy to be asked to be involved um, for the, for the same reason that obviously we come from different generations, but um, working together, we can hopefully um, act as a voice for the whole community to identify what those changes are that need to happen um, and ensure that those changes do actually happen. And it's not just like social media kind of blew up this year because everyone was sitting at home watching Netflix, but then 2021 happened and everyone forgot about it. Like we need to make sure this is the start of, uh, of the end of abusive practices um, and that we really follow through and make sure that those changes happen and that the athlete's voice um, isn't just lost across like individual Twitter accounts like um, from 2020, but like we continue to represent the athlete's voice and the coach's voice and the parent's voice and the fan's voice for the benefit of that athlete um, next year and beyond. Yep. Super well said. And Claire, I, I want you to go wild on this one because I know you've done so much work behind the scenes and also you're, we're tight on time for you. So anything else you want to share, let us know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess going back to your previous point, my perspective is that that issue of like, how do you get the culture to change and how do you get the, the coaches in the gyms to stop the, 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 the harmful practices that they've been doing for years and take on new, more positive coaching models. For me, uh, what I feel passionate about doing is pushing forward to this legal case to prove legally the ways in which, uh, gymnastics is harmful to gymnasts. Um, I believe that there is a mental health crisis within the sport, um, both for athletes who are still competing and for retired athletes. And I believe it's really important to prove legally the ways in which um, those harms are woven into the fabric of what gymnastics is. This idea of perfectionism, this idea of the pixie gymnast, the fact that it's currently a sport for little girls, it's not a sport for adults. Uh, 
I think that there's questions to be asked around the funding models and the way in which a, a slight lack of money actually causes um, coaches probably to be not that happy and maybe take out some personal unhappiness on kids. Um, it means that facilities are difficult to access and having few facilities, not very many of them, makes it difficult to switch clubs when you do realize that the the um, the gym that you're in is toxic. Um, what are you supposed to do? You don't currently really have very many options because it's only going to be the same um, at a certain level when you go to a different club. Um, so for me, I think at the moment it's, uh, yeah, I'm very focused on proving legally the ways in which these things cause harm long term. Um, not only because I know that I myself have struggled over the years with what I would call like, uh, you know, hauntings of my gymnastics experiences, but I'm also haunted by what I witnessed other people experience in the sport. Um, people, I think that currently the way the system works is the better that you get, um, the, the, the more there's a special place in hell for you and the, the worse your treatment is because you become more of a commodity to that coach. So they really want to push you harder and harder. And what I witnessed um, as a 10 year old was um, a gymnast being pushed really to the brink. And um, it stayed with me. That's not fair. And that needs to be proved. You know, we're not we're not talking about like snowflakes whinging that like they had to do a few training hours they don't want to do. Um, we are talking about a mental health crisis and that 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 culture of fear that we've all witnessed now in watching athlete A, it does cover up sexual abuse. Hopefully you enjoyed this mini podcast episode. Let us know if it was helpful and if you have any suggestions of what you'd like to learn about next. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to that episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it and got a lot of value out of it. I just want to let you know before we sign off here that a couple things we'd love for you to do. So one is please just make sure that you rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you're listening, because that really does help the episode grow quite a bit. And then second, if you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you left us a review as well and told us what you liked about it. You know, what information was useful, what things were not useful, would you like to know more about, what guests do you want to have on in the future? And then also as you kind of go about your day, if you found something really useful, just toss it up on social media. We love to hear from people on Instagram or Twitter or, you know, all the different websites that they're using for social media. Facebook is great too. But yeah, let us know what you like, because honestly, the podcast comes from people who just tell us what they're finding useful. And that's how we create the next set of content. So yeah, tag us in the podcast or tag us online, whatever you're doing it and uh, let us know what you think. Thanks.